the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 21 for the week of October 24th, 2005. <music> Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. Of course, I'm Dave Hamilton. And of course, I'm here. I'm John Braun. That's right. Oops. <laughs> Why oops? We're here, aren't we? That's a good thing. I'm here. You're here. I and am. We're I, 21. I, we're 21. That's right. Watch out. I had to get we special do... special permission from my wife to podcast today, you know. <laughs> wow. It's our it's our, our seven-year wedding anniversary today, so. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, she is a good woman. She is a great woman. <laughs> seven years. Hopefully, a lot more left. Of course, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to check in next year and make sure that we hit number eight, despite the fact that uh, I podcasted on on number seven here. So <laughs> she'll remember. Oh yeah, oh I I know I know how it goes. So how was your weekend, man? Not too bad. Had um oh I forgot to invite everybody. Uh yeah, had a party. Yeah, you invited me. Yeah, I couldn't were... go. I had to take my wife out to dinner. Because I was podcasting yeah. on our real anniversary, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know but yeah, ne- next one I'll I'll be sure to invite all the listeners. Excellent. Well, we may actually be having a party. You know, I wasn't going to go into this this early in the show, but since you talked about parties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Mac Observer and Backbeat Media, uh, two companies with which I'm involved, uh, have always, uh, or at least for the last couple of years in San Francisco, thrown quite a bash in san francisco and yes we'll be finding a way to invite at least some of you listeners i think there's too many of you to fit into the club um but you'll see the Macworld all-star band play and all that good stuff what what the, the reason i wanted to bring it up on the on the show here is the club that we did it last year may or may not be uh be open for us this year yeah and it was a good club where we did it too so if anybody out there of course we'd be in san francisco we'd prefer to do it down in in the soma uh area there or you know right around the Moscone. So we're looking for, you know, basically a, a a sports bar, Irish bar kind of place that can house a band, holds about uh, 200 to 300 people. So if anybody's got any ideas, send them along. I think we've got another place in line. But, uh, but, cool. Know. Yeah, it was a good bit. There was dancing on the tables. There was, no, that was a wonderful thing to see, especially from the <laughs> stage. That We always, anytime you're on stage, that's what you want to see. Um, dancing on the tables. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's what it's about. So... That's that. Uh, I can cross that off the list. So, but uh, we do have to pay some bills here, and, and, and the way we do that is by, by, uh, by mentioning to you our lovely sponsor, the folks at Got Game Entertainment and their game REM. And I wanted to make sure to spell it for you all. It's R-H-E-M, uh, and you can check it out at rem2.com. It's, uh, it's an adventure game, kind of a, a, a first-person immersive puzzle-solving adventure game where you it's sort of like in that same you know appeal to the same sort of uh audience as mist if if you would and uh and has a lot of different uh twists and turns twists and turns turves what are turves <laughs> twists and turns it's curves. A, a thinking man's or woman's correct game correct due out november 1st for i believe 29 dollars and 95 cents u.s uh, and, and available, like I said, at rem2.com. That's R-H-E-M-2.com. So thanks to uh, uh, Got Game. It's got a, got a good amount of puzzles. I haven't haven't finished yet. You haven't so. finished yet? No. So well, Okay. 
I was going to ask our readers to tell us if they had finished, but if they've finished... Listeners. We, uh, yeah, thank you. I'd have to ask them uh, how they got a copy of the game, because... Uh, we I, I don't think there's a guy that's been living in the corner of my that. office here, John, but I'm not sure. So maybe he's been playing it. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we, we came to you with our first uh, rendition installment, first episode about the terminal um, and, and in OS 10, of course, that is. And, uh, and, and so tonight we are here to follow up with that. A couple of things that readers have sent in, a couple of listeners, of course, as John <laughs> likes to call them. <laughs> And uh, and then we've got a couple other things to talk about if we have time as well. Otherwise, you'll uh, you'll get all that lovely stuff in next week's show. So, yeah, with that, a, oh, boatload! Of, it, it, there's so many things in the terminal because you know there was a time before the GUI. There was yes, and and it's like we're back to that, right? We've come full circle, right? Computers started running Unix and VMS, or at least they did, you know, 35 years ago. And then of course we had these desktop computers, and they weren't powerful enough to run Unix or VMS, so we had to invent other operating systems for them. And then those matured over the years, and of course hardware matured over the years, and then finally somebody realized, hey, we can run Unix and VMS again. And, and Windows, well, isn't really VMS, as, as you have all been, been so keen to point out, but uh, was written by a lot of the same programmers, and of course OS X has Unix under the hood. So here we are, full circle. Yeah. Of course we have full that circle. pretty gooey on top, so a lot of times we can avoid hitting to the terminal, but there are GUI. times when it makes sense. It's, uh, what, it's also called a WIMP interface, I believe. The GUI is a WIMP interface? Is you that ever heard saying? of WIMP? Who, you, who you calling WIMP, boy? Hey, <laughs> who else is here? Oh, I'm talking to you. You've heard of that term, haven't <laughs> I, you? I, no, I hadn't. Oh, I believe it's window icon mouse pointer, I believe. Interesting. A WIMP interface. I, a I've heard WIMP that. interface. Well, it was mostly from the the you know command line chess beaters who wanted right. to uh, you know make the, uh... <laughs> the chess beaters. I don't know if it's better to call them that or filthy stinking Linux hippies. Um, either way, there I've got many friends who are either one or both. So uh, there you go. They're gonna have a protest on your front lawn. Now. Oh yeah, they're out there now. <laughs> so so yes, uh, the listeners really. Uh, yeah, it gave us a lot of, lot of stuff here. Uh, and I, I, the first thing I wanted to do was, was before you head to the terminal, be careful. There are things you can do there that if you don't know what, it is you're, what command it is you're issuing or exactly what it is you're telling it to do, you can wind up screwing things up pretty darn good. In fact, it is possible, and we're not going Ooh. to tell you how, but it is possible to wipe your whole drive right from the terminal. So We can't tell them about RM- No, that, not that, not that. No, no, we're not. Well, really you know, there. it's useful sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sh okay. Should we caution them? We sh we just did. So anyway, uh, <laughs> but there's the RM command. Uh, the R uh, we're going to talk uh, about the RM command. But yeah, first, we'll get to that. first, okay. I wanted to talk about. We we walked you through a what I called our terminal trick last week, where we yeah. edited the TCSHRC file and changed the man pager. And I got a lot of emails from from folks out there. Some of which said, hey, wow, that's great. I've actually been wondering about that. And then some from uh, folks like our favorite uh, – uh, um, Fact checker? Fact, fact checker. checker. There you go. The, 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 the unofficial fact checker of the Mac Geek Gab, Scott Barman, uh, <laughs> Ben Martell, and David Christensen all wrote in and said, uh, Dave – the default uh, shell in OS ten Tiger is not TCSH; it's Bash. I think one of you said K KSH, and, and, and two of the others said Bash. Uh, but but the point was was well taken in that it's not TCSH. And I was thought, wow, what did I do wrong? 
And I realized I didn't do anything wrong. I did the same thing all the other listeners did, and that is I've been upgrading OS X over the years and have inherited my user folder. And I think, I believe that it was Jaguar that had TCSH as its default shell. And apparently, I've just inherited that all the way along. Something strange happened when someone like me who had inherited you know, their TCSH shell all the way along installed Tiger. And what, what happened there was the the default viewer for man pages got changed somehow from more or less to vi and of course the trick that i walked through last week so if you're not having that problem then you need not worry about editing that file that's uh so that's that's what we'll say about that mm-hmm. um yeah there's a lot of uh there's some different shells too. I think the very basic one is SH. If you actually wanted to run it, SH. That's right. That's the that's the that was the first one. Yeah, I believe and it I think, was the first one. Yeah, yeah, and then I think they had a few others. I think CSH. C shell. Yeah, because Unix people like C, and that's still my best language. I gotta say, Yellow Java is wonderful. Um, C, I can write in my sleep, but other is that right? I can't. Huh. Yeah, no, I like C. The the good thing with C is. You can do whatever it lets you do whatever you want. Right. The bad thing right. about C is it lets you it do, lets whatever, you do you whatever you want. <laughs> you you want to you want to write all over memory? Go for it. Knock no yourself problem. out. No. That's <laughs> where you know Java protects you. You know, right. can't get to the hardware. Anyways, so uh, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ones, and I think KSH was corn. Corn, yes, yes, and I believe Bash that's correct. is born again. But anyways, a little trivia there. There's, there's yeah. a whole bunch of them, and actually, some of them you can launch. I mean, one shell can launch another. Yeah. So like I just tried it. You type SH and all of a sudden the prompt looks different and you have a different set of capabilities, probably less. Let's talk about that. If you're in the terminal and you type SH, and I'm going to do this here just to make sure that OS X actually has a... uh, I just told you it did. Does it? (laughs) But the readers, the listeners are going to check us out, you know. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So it does. It's got SH. Now, once you type SH, well, of course, to get out of it, you could simply use your mouse to close the terminal window. But the Mm -hmm. proper way to do it would be to either type log out, um, L-O-G-O-U-T, and press return. Ah, or actually it's telling you that you haven't logged in with this shell, so you have to use exit to exit from the shell. So you type E-X-I-T, or you could simply hit Control-D, and that will automatically exit you out of the shell. If you want to log out completely of the terminal, Control-D again, and it closes that terminal window. So that's a nice little shortcut. And that's nice. a perfect perfect opportunity to go into all of the shortcuts that one of our longtime listeners, Uwe Schmidt, talked about here. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip to uh, this part of his email where he says there are easy ways of moving the cursor around. So if you're typing a big, long command line and you realize that you have something at the beginning that you need to edit – you can use the arrow keys typically to go back, edit something, and then you know back out to the, the, the end and, and keep typing. But as Uwe points out, there's an easier way. Control-A will make the cursor jump to the beginning of the actual line that you are typing. Control-E to the end. Uh, in the Linux world, you can use pause one and end for this on Macs. That obviously isn't mapped, so you're good to go. So Control-A to get to the beginning, Control-E to get to the end of any given line that you are typing in the in, uh, the command line. And then, of course, Control-D stands for end of file, or at least according to Uwe. And I will qu- we'll quit a running terminal or log you out or exit a uh, any given shell. So there you have it. Very nice. Yeah, good stuff. Now, you had mentioned RM, and <clears throat> Uwe talked about RM as well. So 
uh, I'll let I'll let you take uh, talk about <laughs> a little bit about RM here, John. Um, a couple of things. Okay, I'm going to preface this. Listen carefully. Warning, warning, danger, danger. Do we're not, not responsible do for what you do. That's right. That okay. being said, probably the worst, and you will see some. You know, especially the the Unix uh, veterans joke about this. And uh, one incredibly dangerous is RM space dash F. Here's the fun part. R. Yes. F means force. So it basically means just, I don't care permissions. I don't care. Just do it. And here's the scary, scary part. R, recursive. Right. So basically it says get rid of everything from where you start. So if you're at the top level of the directory, which uh, usually, I think we talked about this last week, you do CD gets you to your home directory. That's a... Right, yeah, and that's where you start that. when you open up the terminal. That's right. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go to the top, you do like a CD slash, and then you're at the top level. That, so, would, be, that would be CD space slash, just hmm, to yes. be clear. Yeah. Now, but, but don't do this command from CD slash. Don't do it from anywhere. Unless, uh, unless you wanted to delete like, everything on your hard drive, which I don't know why you'd want to do it. Right. But <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, you know, we're, while we're talking about this, and this isn't a good practical application of this, uh, it, it, it does go to, to speak to the, the permissioning aspects of Unix. If you did do that, if you went to the top level of your hard drive and you typed this command that, that John seems to like to say, maybe his attorneys are better than mine. I'm not going to say <laughs> it. Uh, but anyway, if you type that command that John likes to say, um, it, it, it wouldn't let you erase your whole hard drive. Why? Well, chances are you're not logged into your Mac as the root user. Mm. Many things are owned by many different users on your hard drive. Um, you, you as, as an administrator have access to quite a variety of them, but not all of them, at least not directly. If you went to do that, it would start telling you at times, uh, permission denied, skipped. Well, it would still delete everything you had access to and would be very, very bad, but it wouldn't delete everything. That's not to say that your Mac would actually still work, but it wouldn't delete everything. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, if you wanted to do that, now, if you want to access files, and maybe we should use talk about this with, while editing something. If you wanted to edit that slash Etsy slash hosts file, which uh, which I tend to do sometimes and, and have had limited, well, varying success. I, the, the host file is something that tells, let's take a step back here. When you go to look up a host on the internet, and, and here's a practical application of it, I... I travel uh, more than I'd like to, uh, so when, and when I'm traveling, I, I send mail out, obviously, and everywhere I go, I wind up having to use a different mail, outgoing mail server, or often do. And what I've done is in my mail program, I've simply mapped, I've told everything to send out with a server called mail, not mail.provider.com, not mail.macobserver.com, simply mail. Now, that doesn't map to ev anything, at least not usually. What I've then done is I've gone and in the terminal, I've edited my slash etc or slash etsy slash host file. And in there, you can tell it what you want things to look up as. And so you type in the IP address of your mail server and then a space or a tab, and then I type mail. And that way, and then sometimes I have to reboot, and that's because of the way Mac OS X uses NetInfo, and we're not going to get into that. Sometimes I have to reboot, sometimes I don't. It depends, frankly, on, on how long it's been since I've looked up mail, or at least that's what it seems. And I'm going to take a quick sip here because my soliloquy is making me parched. <laughs> so I do that, and I've actually uh, I put a little comment in. So in, in the Etsy host file, if you put a, a, uh, 
a number sign before a line, it, it's basically a comment, meaning the computer's going to ignore it, and it's just there for, for human reference. So everywhere I go, I, I put a comment and say, you know, uh, I don't know, Stephen F. Austin Hotel, Austin, Texas, uh, you know, with a comment in front of it. And then I do the, whatever the IP address of their mail server is, a tab, and then mail. When I leave the hotel, I make sure to edit that file and put a, a pound sign, or, or that's the, the, the old school telephone term for the number sign, which is shift three on most keyboards. Mm-hmm. And there you go. And so it, and it comments that out, and then it goes back to whatever my default is. So, uh, however, the Etsy host file is not editable by me as a user on my own Mac. Why, you say? Because if everybody could edit, it's something that affects the whole system. If there was someone else logged in and they tried to access a server called Mail, whatever I did to the Etsy host file would screw it up, would change. Well, it wouldn't necessarily screw it up. It may be what they want, but it would impact them. So the system has made that editable only by root. It's viewable by everyone, but only writable by root. So what do you do? Do you know what to do, John? What? (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. You uh, you use a command called sudo, S-U-D-O, and what that allows you to do is run a command as superuser or as root. So instead of simply typing pico, again, my favorite editor from last week, uh, mm-hmm. I could type pico space slash etsy slash hosts, press enter. It would open it up, but it wouldn't let me write it. I type sudo space pico space slash etsy slash hosts. It then asks me for my password. It's not asking me for the root password. It's asking me for mine. Because I've checked off the box in the system settings that says, yes, I am a, uh, an administrator of this computer, it's put me into a group called, I believe it's Wheel on OS X as well. Hmm. And the Wheel group, anyone in that group can issue this sudo command, enter their own password, essentially reauthenticate, make sure no one has you know, clocked you over the head and, and taken over your terminal. You type your password in, bam, now it lets you edit whatever that command was that you put after sudo as root. If you want to edit every command from the terminal as root, and there may be times when you want to do this, but maybe not, you type sudo space dash, which is the minus key next to the zero on most keyboards, and then s, lowercase s, as in Sam. sudo space dash s and press enter. Again, you'll have to authenticate with your password unless it's been five minutes since you did it before. And then every command you issue from thenceforward in that particular terminal session, you are doing so as root. So Mm. however, be careful because the root user can delete everything on the system. So be very, very careful. Now now I do believe it may may have been a while since you've done this or I've done this, but I do believe you have to explicitly enable the root user. No, not to use sudo. Okay, not to use that, but there Correct. are in NetInfo Manager. Yes. I remember having to do this once. There is a yes. security menu where you can enable and disable the root user. That's correct. Using the sudo command allows you to bypass that. You don't need to have the root user enabled to, okay. uh, to do it. Because you're not what actually... that off of you? What, what's, yeah, you're not actually logging in as root. You're simply <coughs> executing commands as a fully privileged user, if that makes sense. it's yeah. In the end, it's basically the same thing and i know i'd get beat over the head if i said it was exactly the same thing but it, it you're yeah. basically executing them as as user zero who is the all all powerful all, all powerful knowing. yes oh, we now power. you could also do su space root and will well, that work with some the root different. user disabled uh 
you know what? Well, we'll find out now if you can do something uh, interesting. Well, I uh, well, I just I'm saying disable root, and we're going to find out. But uh, no, that's it, another strategy. It's not letting me do it on mine. No, it's still asking me though. I may have to read. Oh no, it said sorry. Okay. Yeah. So in NetInfo Manager, I disable the root user, and then if yeah. I try to su, which I believe is switch to user. Correct. Switch user, which will allow you to try to be another user. Yeah, and actually, um, to, if you want to switch to user root, you don't need to type root. The su command will default to root unless you mm -hmm. type something else. So you, if you just type su and enter, it asks you for your password, uh, which I put in. But being that the root user is disabled, it has no user to switch to. Now, if, if I try mm -hmm. to switch to, uh, let's see, my secretary uses this computer sometimes. And sure enough, I was able to switch to her. Mm -hmm. so, secretary? Well, you know, yeah. yeah Does your wife know about this? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> Good. Um, now, another thing with hosts, I don't know if you've uh, dabbled at all uh, as of late with uh, resolve.conf. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's Absolutely. something related to hosts that can... Uh, well, it's related to DNS. The, the, related, yeah, to the how, slash, how... The slash Etsy slash resolve.conf file is populated with the domain name servers that you enter in, either enter in manually into the network settings and system preferences, or if you're using DHCP or IE, obtain an IP address automatically, uh, it will pull that stuff in and save it to it slash Etsy slash resolve.com. A lot of the stuff that, that, and we talked about a little bit about, John mentioned it a little bit last week, but a lot of the stuff that you're seeing in the GUI of the Mac is simply another way of representing all these various bits and pieces of information that are scattered in text files all over your drive. And, and that's one of them. So. Isn't that clever? Like, you know, I looked in hosts, and it's funny because what was in there is strangely similar to the stuff that's in my uh, you mean you network looked. system preference. Yes. Yeah. You mean you looked in resolve.conf? Oh, no, I'm sorry, hosts. So I looked in my host file. I never touched it, and it's got some stuff in there. Yeah. Oh, I see. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So uh, so yeah. Apple puts a nice, uh, nice uh, oh, yeah. cover on... On Absolutely. the horrors, because a lot of people, even though we're having a great time messing around in the uh, command line here, uh, a lot of people, do, well, you, you don't even need to know about it. You don't need to. No, you don't. But, now, but there, then you're there, geeks. That's why you're listening. That's right. And we're so geeks. We can, it's a tall blonde geek. Great right. drama. Right? Um, anyway, Spinal Tap reference. Oh, yeah, 11. Well, right. That's right. But now they go to infinity. Um, didn't you see that when they redid the Spinal Tap thing and, and they had right. Nigel Tufnell there? And instead of uh, going to 11, now the amps, they just spin round and round and go up to infinity. <laughs> anyway. Awesome. All right. So what you get, when you get geeks and music together, that's what you get. So mm -hmm. anyway, uh, what we were talking about, though, was that there are times when you need to be in the terminal. And a lot of the time that I personally spend in the terminal isn't so much dealing with my own Mac, but is dealing with either other people's Macs or other either FreeBSD or Linux machines, typically. And logging into those machines, I use a protocol called SSH. And SSH is, uh, is just short for secure shell. And it allows you to log in, as, as, the, as the name might imply, securely from your Mac so, to the other. Do you mean to tell me that other options are not secure, like Telnet maybe? T Telnet is the most insecure <laughs> of all, barring perhaps FTP. You know, you're probably better off leaving your password, uh, you know, rolled up inside your wallet, in, 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 wrapped in hundreds, uh, laying in the street than you are using Telnet <laughs> these days. So. so if somebody was looking, yes. and you were Telnetting, 
Game over. Okay. Well, not necessarily. I mean, th- th- their game has just only started. Right. Your <laughs> right. game may end. Your game okay. is in jeopardy. That's right. But yes, uh, SSH, I think there's a secure FTP. Is it SFTP? S- S- there's SFTP and then there's SCP, which we talked about on a previous show. Secure copy. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Now, now SSH. One thing that's a pain about logging in, at least for me, logging into multiple computers is typing my password all the time. I may, and and this actually happens almost on a day more frequently than I would like. Hint, hint. I need a Unix admin uh, to help me, please. Uh, send your comments to you know MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. Anyway, uh, it, it, until that time, I'll do this many times a day, and. What happens is I will, you know, log in and I got to type my password and open up a shell and maybe I, I need to do three things, and I'll open up three shells. Oh, John, I told you I shouldn't give you my Skype address. John <laughs> bothers me while I'm talking to you. You know, I got to do that to you when you're talking to them. Uh, anyway, and so as a way of bypassing this, there are many ways of logging in using Secure Shell. One is password authentication, where I'm typing a password on this end, it's authenticating it on the other end, bam, yep, it agrees, we're good to go. That gets tedious, to say the least. What you can do is you can generate a public and private key that basically says, you tell the remote computer, allow Dave from his PowerBook to always log in as long as you're sure it's Dave from his PowerBook. And to do that, we use public key encryption, which means that on my PowerBook, I generate both a public and a private key. I give the public key to the remote computer, and then I have my private key. It actually sends my public key back. I authenticate. Bam. We're good to go. I think I got that right. Right, John? Yeah, you did. Uh, okay. But suffice to say, public key cryptography is a whole big, huge field. Oh, yeah. but, but but basically, yeah. rather than needing one key to do something, like DES, one of the older standards, public key cryptography really requires two keys to accomplish something. And, and suffice to say, mathematically, you can't figure out one from the other. So it's it's a better way of, of, uh, of doing things. But yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. Okay. Digital signatures, all that. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Well, and, and so that's the, the general concept. Now, in practice, what you have to do is first tell your Mac generate my keys, both the private and public. And to do that, you type from the terminal slash USR slash bin, B-I-N, slash S-S-H hyphen K-E-Y-G-E-N. So that's slash user slash bin slash S-S-H hyphen keygen space slash dash T space R-S-A. All of this is lowercase. And then hit enter. It's going to ask you a series of questions. What you've just told it to do is generate your SSH keys and use RSA, which is fairly, fairly common and, and should work for, for what you're going to try to do here. It's, it's going to ask you a series of questions. Take the defaults, and when it asks you for a password, don't put one in. Otherwise, you're defeating the purpose. You need to enter a password every time. Once that's done, you're going to have a new folder in your home directory, but it's going to be hidden. And the name of the folder is .ssh, and the dot is what hides it. Uh, you could see it if you did, if you simply did ls and pressed enter, you would not see it. If you did ls space hyphen a, then, I, then you would see it. So you want to look in that ssh folder. Uh, and to do that, you type cd space dot ssh. And if you get a directory listing of that folder, ID underscore RSA dot pub will contain the public key for that Mac. Copy the text in there exactly. This one line of text, copy it exactly. Log into the other computer. In that computer, 
create your keys just so that you have them over there and that'll also create your .ssh directory. In that directory, you're going to need to edit a file called authorized underscore keys. Again, this is editing the authorized underscore keys file in the .ssh directory of the remote computer into which you log in. When you edit that file, and you can do it with Pico, so you could type, you know, Pico space dot SSH slash authorized underscore keys. It might be empty. It should be, uh, unless you've done it. In fact, if it's not and you haven't done this previously, someone else has, and that might not be such a good thing. So once you've got that in there, you paste in the line that you pulled from the other one. Now, you need to make sure that the line stays as one line doesn't have any spaces where it shouldn't and is exactly as it was on the other computer. Once you're sure of that, save the file. Open up a new terminal window on your Mac, try to SSH in, SSH space username at remote computer, press enter. It should, in theory, just give you a command line as though you didn't have to log in at all. So hopefully that'll work for some of you and hopefully it'll save all of you all the time that it saved me. So. With that, wow. yeah, and yeah. Hey, so yeah. Uh, RSA, yeah, I just looked up on this. So I think there's a, so that's a good start. There's another option, DSA, which uh, digital signature algorithm, I think, which yep. is, but it seems that you need SSH version two for that. So correct. If you're ultra paranoid, um, which I'm assuming that most SSHs can handle that, but if you're ultra paranoid and you have a choice between RSA and the DSA, do the DSA, but. Uh, you know, if, if if you know people who can crack your encrypted traffic, then you got bigger problems. Than, Much bigger uh, which problems. algorithm to pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's all we'll say about that. What, so, what do you say? What, what do you say about an audio comment? I could I could use a two minute break. Yeah. 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 Really. Heck we we yeah. shouldn't do all the talking. Let's give someone else no. a chance. Okay. Well, this goes to the geek of the week. Without question, Dave Reed, above mm -hmm. and beyond the call of duty. I asked last week, John and I asked for help with understanding regex expressions, specifically with using the find command. Well, Dave Reed did our job for us. He put it all together. In fact, he actually said he teaches us how to use regex expressions in the find command. And he also teaches us before that how to use grep with the find command and bypass the whole regex nonsense. So, uh, Dave, we're going to let you take it away. This is Dave Reed with some tips on using the find command and regular expressions. As Dave and John mentioned last show, using the find command can be a pain. I recommend you combine the find command with grep, which is another Unix command to search for patterns. Let's start with a simple example. From your home directory, which you can get to in the terminal by typing cd and pressing return, type in find space the period key, the pipe symbol which is shift backslash, grep grep space documents with a capital D and press return. This will list all the files in your home directory and subdirectories that have the word document somewhere in that file or directory name. The way it works is the find command lists all the files in your current directory and its subdirectories and then we send that output, and that's what the pipe does, to the grep command which only lists the ones that match documents. If you want to use regular expressions to give you more options for matching, use the minus capital E option for grep. So here's another example to try. Type in find, space, period key, the pipe symbol, grep, space, the dash or, or subtraction character, capital E, space, quote, movies, pipe symbol, documents, 
end quote. I'm going to stop right there and make sure there's one thing Dave missed, and that's after the pipe command, I believe you need to put a space between pipe and grip. It certainly won't pipe? hurt to do What's that. What's a pipe? He oh, talked pipe. about that. He, the, the pipe, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll, I'm going to let Dave uh, continue here. I just wanted to get that in there. I, frankly, I'm not sure if you need a space between pipe and grep or not, but wanted to say that. So thank you, Dave. Here we go. And use a capital M and capital D for, for movies and documents. And press return. As part of a regular expression, the pipe symbol means or, so this matches movies or documents. I put quotes around movies, pipe, documents, so the pipe symbol is not interpreted by the terminal shell. Other useful regular expression characters are the period and the asterisk, which gives you what you get by shift 8. The period matches any single character, and the asterisk means match the previous character or sub-expression as many times as you want. So as a final example, try this. Type in cd space slash etc and press return. Then type in find space the period, the pipe symbol, grep space ssh period asterisk, and then key. That will match all file names that have SSH followed by any characters followed by key. This just scratches the surface of the options for regular expressions and the matching you can do with them. If you're interested in learning more, Google for regular expressions tutorial. Thank you very much, Dave. That was... Uh, wow. Oh, I know. I Dude, get it. You get it, don't you? I, I, I know. He totally oh. made me grok this thing. I'm going to try it. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, uh, again, it, it, he grokked exactly what we needed, and now because of that, we grok what we needed. So hmm. it's just awesome. Yeah, and if you don't know what listeners. grok means, go look it up. Richard Heinlein, right? Stranger in a Strange Land. <laughs> that's where? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where the word came from. I think it was 19, what, 67 that book came out. It's certainly older than me, may or may not <clears throat> be older than you. Hmm. I don't know. I'm old. Yeah. You know. All right. Gosh, what else? Be. Yeah. What else do we have here? Do we have time for a rant? I don't know if we have time. Yeah. For go a ahead, rant. man. I've been talking all uh, show. So let me let right. me wait. Let me let me set this up. We'll, we'll pretend that you didn't just ask. So uh, yeah. So that's uh that's good for the terminal tonight. We'll uh, we'll uh, <laughs> what we try not to make this sound canned, and, and frankly, it's not. So uh, that was that's what makes it even better. That's good for the terminal tonight. We we actually were were skyping back and forth while Dave was talking here, and I was able to multitask and catch that one thing I wanted to insert. But uh, we, we realized that we do need to do one more show on the terminal. However, it will not be the next one. The next one, we've got lots of stuff to catch up on. Uh, Apple, in fact, uh, today delivered me a video iPod to uh, to talk to all of you folks about. And I obviously want to do that. I was hoping to do it tonight, but frankly, didn't have enough time during the day today to to really get into it. It is Video cool. iPod. Yeah. The, the screen is very, very nice. So I'm, I'll, I'll leave it. I'm at not that. thrilled with the whole video thing, but that'll be no, another rant. We can talk about that. So, uh, but mm. but so I but I I hear John that weeks ago, nay <laughs> months ago, you told us that you had shipped your computer to Apple for what sounded like a very simple repair. Yes. And I got to think who's going to get it for this. I, there's enough blame to go around here. So, yeah. So what happened was the, uh, for, for those that recall, um, well, or if you they, don't, they may have forgotten because it was so long did. ago. It was so long ago. I think this started in July. The nice part okay. is that I will say this all's well that ends well. They, and, they and did me good. There you but, go. So, but however, the, the path is worth sharing. Oh, yeah, I'll stop so. interrupting. <laughs> so AppleCare. I had AppleCare on my machine, and what they diagnosed, you know, I took some pictures of it, 
was that the, uh, the display housing, which is on the power book, the metal back, that's what they call it, it was becoming detached from the rest of the machine. And I don't know if it was due to torsion or, or whatever. I mean, you know, I didn't drop it off of a cliff or anything. But to me, that was something that fit within, you know, it, it wasn't something that should have happened. And as far as I could tell, it was an adhesive or something. So, you know, call them up, open up a case. And in the past, it's great. You know, they give you a box. It goes to them. They turn it around usually in the same day. So I didn't think it'd be any different. But this was different. A um, lot I should different. mention uh, the company that does this because they print it on the paperwork is called Flextronics, which does a lot of things. I think they do uh, servicing and assembly and all that sort of thing for a lot of different companies. So it's uh, it's not really Apple, but I think it's being outsourced to this other group who should have the capability. Are, are you sure to, about that? Well, that's what it says on the uh, okay. the paperwork I have. It says uh, Flextronic, uh, Tennessee. Uh, look it up, actually. Oh, see, anytime I've sent my power books in, they've gone to Austin, and that is an Apple facility. <sighs> Uh, so something may have changed. Yeah. Either maybe this model is yeah. worked on in a certain place yeah. and others, because yeah. was this ever with a 12-inch? No. In fact, from what I've heard, I've heard uh, various <laughs> Apple people describe the 12-inch PowerBook as a, a an iBook encased in metal. So perhaps yeah. it's, you know, they send the iBooks to Tennessee and the PowerBooks to Austin. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm speculating. But anyway, continue, please. So... I ship it back. I sent it to him the first time. Described the problem to the guy. He's like, send me a digital photograph. It pretty clearly showed that, you know, one part was being detached. So send it to him, get it back in a day or so. The problem's not fixed. I'm like, uh, so I call him and I'm like, you know, what, maybe my right was your left or something like, maybe I, you know, I said it was in the lower left, you know, when I'm facing the machine normally. Um, so maybe they got the, cause they did replace a screw in the other side. That was a uh, part of a pass repair. So, anyways, so ship it to him again. Comes back. The problem's fixed. But Yay. when I extend this screen at an extreme angle, like almost all the way back, the screen goes dim. I'm like, oh great, whoever it was forgot to put a connector back in. Because okay. you know, if I put it back or close the machine and woke it up, so there, I, I felt there was something with the connector. And it definitely didn't do that before. So I ship it to him. You know, I'm like, could you please fix this? I ship it to him. It comes back. Yay, it's fixed. But it came back without an airport card. No airport I'm like, card? I'm like, uh, guys, you know, uh, or gals, whatever. You know, I expect that whatever I ship it to you with, it comes back with. Oh, and also, at that point, they reformat the hard drive. So this – Sure. Or it came with a new hard drive. So I'm like, okay, nice. something happened. So yeah. basically, what happened past that? So this is already turning into a big nightmare. Um, I'm like, can you ship me an airport card? They ship me an airport card. I put it in the machine. The machine locks up rock solid whenever anything having to do with talking to the network occurs. Nice. You know, the fan would go on, or if it was reinstalling OS X, which I did and I had a backup, it would, um, at the point where OS X typically looks around, you know, during the startup for network devices, it just sat there and sat with the fan goes on. Uh, John, I'm so, beginning to be reminded of one of my favorite Harlem Globetrotter players, yeah. the <laughs> Meadowlark Lemon. Le- <laughs> so, but the thing is, it didn't start this way. So I really suspect what happened is somebody oh, somewhere... See. That's right. That thing worked machine. for you great. Yeah, for years. It's been to a couple of Macworlds and stuff. Yeah. So, so I suspect that whatever was done was not In done fact, by a, me. A lot of the pictures you folks see on Mac Observer have been through that machine. So Yes, from the Macworld. So yeah. I think somebody goofed goofed up somewhere. They, they zapped something. And okay. then the next two times the machine came back to me, would come back to me with an airport card in an Anistad bag taped to the machine when I had explicitly said, Please, please, please test it with the wireless before you send it back. Sure. So, so I suspect there are a number of problems here. One is that I think somebody did 
wrecked the machine because it definitely worked beforehand. They're like, you know, was there an airport card in there? Do you know how to put it? I'm like, yeah, I know how to put it in and it's been working great until, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> Very recently. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so after all the back and forth, uh, finally the guy and you know, the guy credited me, the Apple people are great to deal with and, and they did the right thing. So basically the end of the story is now just, just to, just to clarify for the, the readers, cause that was a, a ringing endorsement that you just gave them. there. Gave, uh, yeah. yeah. Now they had no concept of, of, of who you were affiliated with or, or anything like that. <sighs> correct. Not as far as you know, you, uh, you no, never played, you never played the card of I'm from Mac observer, whether or not no. that would help or hinder you. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. Cause I don't know how, that would work. Yeah. No. So I just I just wanted for the for the benefit of the listeners, I just wanted them to know that that as far as you were concerned, you were dealing with Apple as though you were. Uh, just I was a, a regular a regular guy. consumer, right? Okay. Um, well, at one point, I think no, I did mention at one point. Hmm. The, Do you uh, think the, it made a difference? No. Okay. Okay. It good. actually got well, worse past that point. Yeah. So. <laughs> Could have been revenge. I don't know. Well, but anyways, as as it got to like the eighth exchange, first off, when I talked to the guy, I'm like, you know, you're losing money every second you spend speaking to me. Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah. Um, and I'm like, you know, this this call, you have to fix the problem. And and he's like, you know, well, John, I got to give you credit. You are a lot more composed and calm than most people should be in this situation. I'm like, well, first I made a full backup and I have a backup right. machine. But uh, yes, I could go into yelling and screaming mode, but that I don't know. That's not my style. It typically doesn't accomplish anything except maybe no. make you feel better. Well, so, for, for a very short period of time, I, my dad, I was, I, I'll never forget. I think I was about 17 years old and I was standing in our kitchen and I was on hold getting ready to chew somebody out because they had done me wrong. You know, same sort of situation. There was no question. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I I was just ranting to my dad while I, while I was on hold here. Well, I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. My dad says, "Is this the guy that, that did it to you?" I said, well, no, he's just the, the customer service rep. But you know, I'm going to I'm going to get you watch. You you stay right there. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And and my mm -hmm. dad said, "Well, you know," and he said it in his in the way that that a father can speak to his son in a very you know condescending and sarcastic way. He said, "That's a great idea, Dave." He said, "Because that's the one guy in the world that can help you solve your problem, and and you're just gonna rip right into him, aren't you?" And I said, "Right, yeah, thanks again." So I didn't rip into the guy and learned a valuable life lesson that day, and and John just crystallized it there. So there you go. So as it turns out, um, the guy said, "You know what? You're getting another machine, and let's see what the equivalent machine is." Um, compared to the one you got, which when I got it was the top of the line 12 inch. Right. Um, so basically, I got an equivalent 12 inch machine as a replacement. And so, how fast was the one that uh, you started with? 867. And how fast is yours now? 1.5. Whoa! Wow. Um, has an 80 gig hard drive instead of a 40. Whoa. Has 512 megs of RAM instead of so everything. You know, I mean, the Apple product line continues improving. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you know, I did. Pay a price. You paid a price of time. <laughs> That's right. Aggravation. Th thank goodness you have two machines to use. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If that wasn't the case, and thank goodness that OS ten is uh, built in a way that if you yeah. do a full backup to an external drive, you can plug it into another machine, and it doesn't doesn't and you're, get you're all upset. Good about to it. go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had mixed results with that. Oh, actually, I haven't. It, it's I, I never been able to do it on a Windows machine, but I haven't tried lately. So right. Right. So, anyways, boy, that was uh, that, that went on for a bit there, but it was uh, you know, I mean, part of it I think was Apple, uh, Apple's system and the system of these guys who fix it yeah. aren't tightly integrated because I told a lot of things to the Apple people that it seemed never got to the person who was actually working. On the you machine. know what I've done, and, and and I've heard that people are the, the techs are told to ignore these things, so I'm not sure if it helps or not. But anytime I've sent a, a computer in, 
I print out a list of everything that I, I've found wrong, very detailed, brief, but mm-hmm. detailed, you know, here, you know, bullet pointed list. And, and every time it's come back perfectly fixed. So, and I include that right hmm. in with the computer. There's no way you could get to the computer without seeing that list. Uh, who knows yeah. if, who knows if it actually helps, but I've had good luck with it. So that's the advice we send to you. I, I, we are, we are getting very close to, we're way over time, Uh, but, but there's been something that I've had sitting here for two weeks now and, and it's quick. So please bear with me. Uh, A number of weeks ago, I, I, I brought up the concept of iPod insurance, a a la cell phone insurance. We all buy insurance, or at least I do buy insurance for my cell phone. So that if I, if it breaks, or if I throw it in the river, or run it over with the car, or get sick of it because it doesn't work, and I smash it on the ground, I pay fifty bucks, and bam, I get a new cell phone. No questions asked. I may have to file a police report or something if it's stolen, but whatever. You know, mm-hmm. no questions asked. I thought it'd be great to do the same thing for an iPod. And we had various other options. Well, Christopher Golding uh, wrote in and said that he found a company that in the U.S that will cover your iPod for a year against accidental damage, loss, or even theft. It was 30 bucks for a year for his 20-gig iPod. Uh, the name of the company is Safeware, www.safeware.com. They don't specifically list that iPods are covered on their website, but if you give them a call or email them in, uh, they, will, uh, they will cover it for you. So wow. That's that. Hey, there's that band again. Yeah. I, I think yes. I know some of those guys. They're sitting in the corner there again? Yeah, they're sitting in the corner. Yeah. So uh, next week, I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know. Yeah, we've you got, got the video, ideas? Well, we got the video we, uh, iPod to talk about. I'm sure, yeah, you folks, I'm sure you folks will send stuff in. We've got reader comments piled up. So uh, yeah, I don't know. One of these days we're going to talk about what you can do with X11 too. And, and Open Office 2 just came out. So who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have time to check that out between now and next week. Um, I do want to apologize in case the show doesn't get out right now. It's it's 10 of 10 on, on Monday night. John and I are finishing this up. Normally, I would stay in the office another hour and do this. But being it's my anniversary, I hope you all don't mind that I'm going to head over to the house, spend the evening with my wife, and then either uh, after she goes to bed, maybe I'll come back here and do this, or, or I'll get up really early. <laughs> I am still a geek after all, folks. I think you should do that. No, probably better to get up I'd early. I'd spend the night. Yeah, maybe I'll spend the night. <laughs> We've got Gmail invites, folks. If you need them, we got them. Let us know. Uh, audio comments. Oh, jeez, I forgot to check the Skype mailbox today. So we may have messages in the Skype mailbox, too. You can Skype us messages to MacGeekGab at Skype.com. Or at, at not, sorry, not at Skype.com. Ooh. Sorry. I don't know that what will happen from. if you do that. Uh, yeah. get, open up Skype. Send a voicemail to MacGeekGab. I still haven't figured out how to get them out of there. I'm not sure that there is a way. If anybody's got any ideas for that, let us know. Uh, you call can us. email. Yeah, oh, you can call us. There you go. 206-666-GEEK. Yes, that's 4335 for those of you playing along at home. MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com is the place to email your text and audio comments or video comments. Hey, uh, I can play them on the iPod. Um, yeah. Visit the show notes uh, at MacObserver.com slash podcast or MacGeekGab.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We're good. You know, whatever. Okay. That's it. We're out of here. That does it. Yeah, I'm done. You done? I hope you're done. Yeah. There's 30 seconds left, man. And the music's going to get louder and louder. (laughs) The band's just cranking up now. Quiet. Oh, they'll never never stop, man. I saw those guys once. 